What's up, peeps, and welcome back to the Never Made Varsity Podcast. My name is Maverick Hart. You can find me on Twitter at heartbreak two underscores kid. Oh, I forgot I was up. <laughs> I'm Aaron. You can find me. On, I'm actually I'm Spooky Aaron now. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P Friedman. Uh, my name is Colby. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Colby Complains. All one word. This is Spooky Dave coming at you <laughs> from <laughs> the bottom of Cobb. Uh, and you can find me at D underscore River underscore O. And oh my goodness, there's a fifth person. <gasps> it's our first guest. And his name is? Paul Beam. How y'all folks doing out there? Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at, at one Paul Beam. I don't know why you would, but um, it's there if you, if you want it. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. How, how, do you, how, do you know, how do you know us for? What? How are we friends? How do, how do, we know, how do oh, you know us? We're, we're all in band together. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never made a varsity team either, so we stop. <laughs> yeah. And Paul's my roommate. Yeah. Yeah, we live in the same apartment. Yeah. Yikes, how's that actually? Wow, this is going to be one of those podcasts where you use the soundboard, isn't it? <laughs> I am in a very soundy mood today because I'm not in a talky mood if today. If Paul can hear any of it. <laughs> not, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. All right, trivia question. Aaron. So last week's trivia we got question. zero answers, by the way. Yikes. <laughs> last, week trivia, last week's trivia question. There are three teams in college football, FBS, that have never played an FCS team. Who are they? Paul, do the you have cr- a guess? I'd have, to have, I'd have to have more time than three seconds <laughs> to figure that out. I have no idea. What do you mean? <laughs> you can't do this in three seconds? The correct answers are USC, Southern Cal, not South Carolina. If you think that USC is South Carolina, I, I hate you. UCLA. And Notre Dame. Hey, I'm the only one that has strong opinions on this podcast, sir. <laughs> Y'all drop the ball on this trivia question. Hopefully you don't on this one at the end of the episode. No handshakes for you. No handshakes for you. Yeah, and before we get started on our podcast, that means nothing. That is literally so pointless. Um, we, we five here would like to extend our condolences um, to the Las Vegas community. I know that our words can only be so much, but... Um, was something that we wanted to say before we started our podcast. It doesn't matter. Definitely. So, yeah. For sure. All right. Um, there was a football game yesterday, technically. Technically. <laughs> um, there, there were people that were dressed like they were going to play football. But I, don't, I can't call what that was, football. It was, uh, we lost 33 to 10. I, I don't know what else to say. About we were noter shamed. Oh my god. You fit right in, buddy. <laughs> You're gonna do just fine. All that I've gotta say is that in the fourth quarter when we had to put on our ponchos for the second time, I I grabbed the two strings that make up the hood and I pulled them shut so that I wouldn't have to watch the game and I just had my trumpet sticking through the hole <laughs> so that I could so that I could play my trumpet and I didn't have to watch the game. I can't confirm. All I, I'm watching the game, and then I hear beside me is Aaron. He says, Maverick, make a sign to me that when we're about to play something. <laughs> like, boy, if you don't stop, open your eyes and get looking at this football game. <laughs> oh, goodness. You want to talk about halftime, Andy? Yeah. The only solace. Yeah, I mean, like, there's nothing I can say about this team that hasn't already been said in another podcast, honestly. And all it will do is just frustrate 
us as well as our listeners. So not going to frustrate me. I've already given up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm dead inside. (laughs) And moving on to halftime. (laughs) Pyrotag. Pyrotag. Pyrotag didn't happen. Okay. Pyrotag was preemptive. It was preemptive. So we it was a premature false start explosion. (laughs) False start. (laughs) People running the pyro stuff. This year we we launched a four point five or this game we launched a four point five billion dollar um, fundraising campaign um, to go along with it we did a halftime show with like six hundred performers on the field at the same time and also just um, fireworks shooting behind us sporadically it was a cool experience it it's, was really cool to watch it from. scared the crap out of me when I was <laughs> playing I was not expecting it like and I knew it was happening but I was like. And then it went off, and I was just, I was like, well, oh, my God. understanding was it was going to be all at the end, but it was going out throughout the entire show. And um, then we turned around and nothing. <laughs> pretty sure it was supposed to happen at the end, but uh, somebody got a little, somebody got a happy. little too excited with uh, Carolina in my mind because it was like, <laughs> y'all got to the end of a phrase in Carolina in my mind. It was like, doom. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that was supposed to happen. This is supposed to be a calming experience. I, during Hark the Sound, I was, we were told that the, that the fireworks are going to happen during the fight song. Um, so like. You mean we, Carolina fight? Yeah, Carolina fight no. song. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> and then like, it was like hail to the bride star fall and then just like explosions behind me. I yelped. <laughs> <laughs> I yelped on the field and I just started laughing. Was, was, it, was it five stars? It was um, four and a half. <laughs> Would recommend. I'd recommend it. It was pretty fun. Good to get the heart pumping. No, I got chills when we, like, the entire stadium singing Heart to Sound. That was yeah. really cool. That was pretty dope. Yeah. Other than that. Too bad we won't be hearing that anytime soon for the rest of the season because nobody's going to be there. You know what I miss, guys? I miss playing victory in Keenan Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till like, lacrosse season. <laughs> you know, I played it. I heard it today after our volleyball game, Go Heels. Way to beat Wake Forest in five sets. Um, and I was like, well, this feels good. I wish this happened in Keaton Stadium. That's all right. Basketball season starts in what five days? Late Six night with days? Roy. Yes. Five days. Yeah, yeah. So it's out of my birthday. Hopefully, we'll get to play a lot more Carolina Victory here coming up soon. Yeah, boy. Yeah. So um, next week we play UVA. If there's anything noteworthy to talk about, we'll talk about it. If not, it'll probably sound yeah, a lot. UVA like beat this Duke one. last week. They They're did. good. Yeah, they're good at football. They're solid. Uh, Which means it's going to be another long day for us. Remember when we were thinking that we had a slight chance of going to the college football playoff a couple years ago? Only a short two Pepperidge years ago. Farm remembers. <laughs> Pepperidge Farm remembers. There are members Pepperidge of the band Farm. that still think we're going to the Rose Bowl. And if you think that we're going to the Rose Bowl, you can shave your head and go to sleep. Mm-mm. Well, yikes. Wow. You're sitting at a table with someone who's bald. I don't think that's the greatest thing to say <laughs> ever. <laughs> Yikers! But I would, like, <laughs> I would, I would like to say that going into week one of the football season, I said that in the past five years, teams that were picked fifth to fin to picked to finish fifth in the coastal finished first, first, second, last, last, and we are continuing that trend. I said we were going to continue that trend, just on the wrong side. Congrats. But we are continuing that trend, so I think I was half correct. All right, cool. looking forward to a more. Uh, I don't know. Happier for us, at least. Yeah, I mean, I feel pretty good. How do you feel, Paul? Oh, my God. It was so exhilarating. So exhilarating. Yeah, I think the, Pan- the Panthers game was pretty fun today. Yeah, yeah how are y'all's games, um, Aaron, Math? I don't want to talk about it. 
I'm going to invoke my moral victory. <laughs> uh, Marcus Mariota didn't play for us, and so we had Matt Castle, who then went out with a concussion injury, and then we got Brandon Whedon, and we were playing with house money even without Marcus, so it's the moral victory for my and season. And you still only lost by six. So, yep. like, so just to, to create segments out of this, so we'll, we'll, we could start with the Panthers since we're not well, I mean, he's already stuff. talking about the oh, okay, no, okay. It, yeah. So, I mean, do you have anything yeah. else to say about it? <laughs> <laughs> on to the next week. <laughs> Come on, we 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 trying to move on to the Panthers now. Uh, what else you got, Matt? Hey, uh, I'm gonna let y'all have this. <laughs> since, since we since we Aaron, you got anything? The Browns are now one and twenty under Hugh Jackson. That speaks for itself. They lost to the Jets, but you win at life, so it's okay. You got the Tennessee champions belt. of life. Champions of life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish you could see his face right now. <laughs> I want to put that as my screensaver. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Um so we'll come to the winners half of the table. Yes. The Panthers have two back to back road wins against one lost teams. Solid teams. And okay, I would just like to call everyone who said that Cam wouldn't do this. Against the, Lion, yard games. against the Lions defense because, oh, he just won against the Patriots defense. Anyone can look good it's, against the Patriots defense. To be defense. fair, I can look good against the Patriots yeah. defense. <laughs> James didn't look that great against the Patriots defense. It was also a Thursday night game, I, I and those like are pretty much practice. Of, of J- like, Jameis, I don't know. He just doesn't play up to his potential. Everyone sometimes. always says, everyone I, before this, I mean, Chris Carter said this. He would take Cam, of the NFC South quarterbacks, he would take Cam last. Right now, that's incorrect. I, I, it is very incorrect. You would take everyone else under except for the the reigning MVP. Well, he's not the reigning MVP not anymore. anymore. Not sorry, not reigning yeah. MVP. A former MVP. Sorry, wrong choice of words. I think, but still, that Jameis has athletically the tools to be a, a pretty great quarterback. I've just, I haven't, at least in my time of watching NFL football, I haven't seen the Bucks front office do the things they need to to put Jameson in position to be successful. He down has to p- the kicker. He has potential. <laughs> down to the kicker. That's true. I, I'm not going to place all the blame on Jameis. That kicker missed three field goals. No, it's not yeah. all on him. No. <clears throat> but like on to the Panthers. He has a lot of potential, but yeah. On to the Panthers. Cam Newton's stat line was 26 for 33, 355 yards. 10.8 yards per attempt, which is very, very pleasing. Uh <laughs> 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 and uh, three touchdowns without an interception. You wanna, oh, that was a, that yeah, was a little uncomfortable, but uh, I'm glad. <laughs> Ed, no. Edward Dixon, Ed, you brought Lord. up the Edward. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Before we get before we get too caught up in Ed Dixon's numbers, first of all, the Lions just refused to cover him. It's like they didn't think Cam Newton would ever throw the ball <laughs> to Ed Dixon. Like he had two fifty yard, uh, fifty plus yard receptions. And I don't think there was a defender 20 yards near him. Oh, yeah. It was so funny because I saw it. I saw the replay because I was at the volleyball game. But it was like, oh, he's open. That was a great run or a great catch and run. Oh, they left him open again? <laughs> what? Did they think like, the, oh, they he threw it to him once. He's not going to throw at him again. Are you kidding? Oh. <laughs> the, the, guy that I, the guy that I want to really highlight is Devin Funches. Oh, my God. That man looks like a number one wide receiver. Yeah, he does. He may be Cam's go-to guy. Like Kelvin, like Kelvin, he had a touchdown catch and he had the crucial game-winning catch. But Devin Funches is the guy that that I think Cam's targeting the most. I feel like Devin Funches runs better routes than Kelvin Benjamin. I think so, but Kelvin still gets the attention of oh, the no. number one receiver. That's what I'm saying. Which is what's well, that's because he's like six six and two hundred fifty pounds. <laughs> yeah. He's a he's a wide receiver in a tight end's body. I think yeah. I think the fact that you have Kelvin on one side and Devin Funches on the other, and you have to worry about Christian McCaffrey. 
That's a that's a and, and that's to, a that's a that's that's a lot to deal with, man. And to think they still haven't figured out how to use Curtis Samuel correctly. <laughs> they really like they have it. a weapon that they don't know how to use yet. And now we've had Ed Dixon the goat emerge <laughs> <laughs> from the ashes. He is reborn. <laughs> Um, Out of Greg Olson's ashes, <laughs> and Dixon is reborn. And Julius Peppers looks to be, looks like he's twenty four. Yeah, yeah. He looks like Andre the Giant on the sideline. It's actually a, amazing. He's low key the best free agent signing in the NFL. Low key, really? Yes, I would say. Okay, I can like, see that. He, he's leading the team in sacks. Yeah, a yeah, team with right. Kawan yeah. Short, Star Lutilele, uh, Charles Johnson, and Mari Addison. He leads the team in sacks. He's looks. He's looking really good. Also, uh, shout out to Christian McCaffrey for getting his first touchdown. That shovel yeah. pass was a thing. Beauty. And also Thank a penalty, you. but we aren't going to talk about that. <laughs> Yo, it's the okay. penalties were off the charts yeah. today. That was probably the worst thing. Like they, they, we had like eleven penalties for over a hundred yards, and we still won. And we still won. But the good thing, the biggest thing I got out of this was no turnovers. Mm. Yes, no turnovers on our part, and we forced a turnover against a really good Lions defense. So. Oh, and before yeah. we before we uh, move on, we got to talk about that we've figured out, me and Colby and I, that is, <laughs> we've figured out hey. how the Panthers win, all right? So the week that they played the Saints, the week that they got utterly dominated by the Saints, I took my Luke Keekley jersey off the wall. It's hanging up on the wall in our apartment. I took it off and wore it, and I put Cam Newton, Cam's jersey up there instead. And we got demolished. Luke has to protect the house. Luke has to protect the house. So I put his jersey back up, and we beat the Patriots and the Lions on the road while I'm wearing Cam Newton's jersey. So, so that jersey does not leave the wall. It will never leave the wall again. And based on recent results, we shouldn't lose the entire Ever. season. Ever again. We'll see how that goes. All right. Week six, who the Titans have? I don't even know at this point. It was. <laughs> I tried to stay away. I've stayed away from football today. Because not only was I just in a traumatic state from yesterday. You have the Colts. We have the Colts. At home. Yikes. On Sunday night? Monday night? What's the 16th? More AFC. Monday night. Monday night. Divisional battles. It's great stuff. Yeah, I've just, I've stayed far away. <laughs> I knew this wasn't going to be a good week of football. And so the Jags are leading your division. Yeah. Hoping for a better <laughs> next week. You know who you have the week after that? Y'all. The mighty Cleveland Browns. I'm going to be there. <laughs> you want to watch that together? I'm going to be at Cleveland Brown Stadium. That's over fall break. Oh, that's it. That's pretty nice. Hey. I'll uh, get to see us lose in person. Good luck with that. <laughs> but this coming week, we are at Houston. I'm going to give us a loss. <laughs> it's an L. Um, How do you feel about Deshaun Kaiser getting benched? Oh, was he benched? Yeah. I thought he was injured. Mm-mm. I turned migraine. it on after he was benched, so I don't know what happened, but you have to commit to a quarterback. And, like, I think it's pretty clear that whoever our quarterback is right now isn't our quarterback of the future. I hope that we draft someone when we have the first pick this year. I don't know. You because and the Giants. There, there, you and the there, Giants, Because man. there is a pretty stacked quarterback class this year. There is. I don't know. The Giants might be vying for uh, that that first pick because all four of their start, or all their top four receivers got injured today. And if the goal is to tank and to lose every game, then switching quarterbacks frequently is a good way to go. But if you're actually trying to win games, then this is the same problem that we talked about a couple of weeks ago with Carolina football. Switching quarterbacks is just, there's no benefit of doing it because it just kills any rhythm that you're developing. And I mean, like, you guys don't have any weapons around them. You got, what, Corey Coleman? He's pretty good. 
Duke Johnson's been really good. Yeah, but if if your if your main guy's a scat back, you're probably not probably not going to do too well in the NFL. Kenny Britt, I believe, was a healthy scratch today. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Britt, that guy you paid a lot of money to to drop balls. The guy we pl- paid a lot of money to to replace Terrell Pryor. <laughs> you're welcome, by the way, former <laughs> Titan. <sighs> Every time I, I hear I, scat back, I think of like. Scat music, like Scat I just music. think of a running back That's how they run. Like whenever I watch Duke Johnson run, all I'm thinking is it's like he makes a joke and like as he makes it, he says it's like Scat Doobop. I hate football. Is it is it is it baseball season yet? Looking forward to Thursday night for the Carolina Panthers. We're going yeah. against the Eagles, who is all, who are also a really solid team. Look Apparently. Today was Wednesday. <laughs> Apparently. It was. That's going to be the true measuring stick. They beat the Eagles. This is – oh, man. That's, that's, I, I had the stroke of genius to start um, Carson Wentz today. <laughs> so I'm feeling pretty good about my fantasy scores right now. I started uh, Cam Newton over Carson Wentz before Cam Newton went off, and I was really like, I was like inconsolable. I was like, Are you <laughs> kidding me? I didn't start because I, I didn't I didn't start Cam against the Patriots defense, and then I started Cam Newton, and at that point, Carson Wentz had already thrown three touchdowns, and I was like, Of course, <laughs> of course he did. But then Cam went off, and he made it all better. All right. Al- also, to note. I didn't know that Devin Funches was our leading receiver for the season. Yeah. Like, he I'm, has the most yards. <clears throat> I'm telling you, he's Cam's go-to guy right now. Yeah. yeah. He's still the he's still <laughs> a wide receiver, but um, he's getting number one receiver touches, which is... Do you think that the Eagles secondary will be able to keep up with... I honestly receivers? don't know much about the Eagles. I think their secondary is, leaves a lot to be desired. I think, they're, I think what's going to have to happen is our defense is going to have to dominate. you got to pressure Carson Wentz, who is still a young quarterback... Pressure him, make him rush his throws, create turnovers, yada, yada, yada. I think we'll still win. Why does it feel like we always play the Eagles in prime time? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Um, but Thursday games, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, lastly, with the NFL, let's talk about... Oh, wait, wait, wait. We forgot. What? We forgot. What? Uh, we, we're going to talk about Mitch Trubisky. Oh. It is Trubisky time Excuse on Monday. Excuse me. It's Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, my God. His mother does not appreciate when people call him Mitch. Sorry, Mrs. Trubisky. <laughs> Mr. Biscuit. Okay. Five hundred yards, ten touchdowns, <laughs> two hundred rushing yards. Uh, Bears he win. also gets an interception on the defense. I'm. I will be cautiously optimistic. He'll probably have about two hundred yards, a touchdown, but I'm going to give him two picks. That Vikings defense is legit. Their offense is bad, but their their defense can win them ball games. And Xavier Rhodes probably has a pick six. Yeah, in that game, I think that's a fair expectation. I don't think that it's realistic to expect Mitch to do, Mitchell to do that much this season. Yeah. He's he's in a bad situation, and he's I think he's going to be a good quarterback eventually, but I don't think he's ready yet. I think I don't think he'll throw two picks. He's norm well. He's streaky with how well he takes care of the ball. He'll either take care of it really well or he'll make a couple um, dumb throws, but. I'm not sure how great of a situation the Bears are putting him in. No wide receivers. I mean, their calling card is a run game right now. Yeah. I mean, Tariq Cohen and um, is playing very well. He's playing Jordan very well. Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, yeah. Jordan Howard are I almost said Jeremy Langford, well. and I'm like, huh, no, he's a scrub now. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. They should have 40 touches, yeah. Tariq yeah. Cohen and Jordan Howard. Don't put a lot of pressure on Mitch, but, I mean, I think – 
just having Mitch out there and having a quarterback that can roll out of the pocket and not stand, stand in the middle of the pocket like a giraffe. Have you seen Mike Lennon? That man is like... <laughs> well, that's because he's... Like, uh, he just sits there. It's like if a giraffe was in a headlights, that's what he looks like. What he's are you like, talking about? You know how Mike, like Lennon, Mike Lennon is the peak of athletic... Stop! Athleticism. <laughs> sneaky athleticism. Sneaky ath- <laughs> Not every white quarterback is sneaky athletic, sir. He's a gym rat. <laughs> yeah. He's a real yeah. great guy. Switchy but, um, feet. Switchy feet. <laughs> Switchy feet. It's definitely an uphill battle for his first game, but I think we're we can all say that we're cheering for him and we're hoping he has a good game. Yeah. He's just they just they they have no targets. Like Kevin White, that guy has hasn't played. I don't think he's played like a down in the NFL. Or if he has, it's been very short lived. I think their only wide receiver that I know is Jordan Bellamy. And yeah. I still don't know who Jordan Bellamy is. So it's not it's not going to go super well, but he's I'm I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. Just throw short routes to Tariq Cohen and let him do the work. Honestly, <laughs> so, a lot of bubble screens. Bubble screens. Let's, I mean, he's okay. used to it. <laughs> Let's talk about Cameron Jarrell Newton putting his foot in his mouth once again. You know, <sighs> sometimes you just need to just not. He just got too comfortable, man. I heard this on the radio the other day. I was like, he just got way too comfortable. He he let his guard down with the, the media. He thought he could make a quick joke, like, and that it wouldn't be taken the wrong way. But it it got taken the completely wrong. Like, or not the, that it got taken. Cor- it got sorry, taken sorry, sorry, sorry. The That was the wrong way. choice of words. It got taken the correct <laughs> way. It shouldn't have not. It should not have been said <laughs> in that setting. So just a quick recap. Um, Jordan Rodriguez, um, beat writer for the Panthers, asked a question about Devin Funches, um running more physical routes, um, and Cam Newton responded with something to the like of um it's funny to hear a female talk about routes yeah. i think was verbatim what he said. yeah that, that is verbatim with a face like a like a eek, like a ugh face not like a ugh face that's that's kind of like, like a, he was, he was <laughs> like it looked like he was legitimately surprised yeah yeah so why i'm the biggest cam newton apologist and like i i can't defend that he made us he made he he said something stupid very stupid I'm I'm going to go with what I heard on Mike and Mike the other day when they were talking about it. The way he said it, I mean, you're right. He had his guard down. He was just talking to the media like he was talking in the locker room. Yeah. And he was talking like he was talking to his teammates. Yeah. And like that that signals to me that the NFL has a bigger problem than just Cam Newton saying that. Because if it Cam feels comfortable saying that, like that that's that signals to me that that's a cultural if, problem. it's a cultural problem yeah. like cam's the face of it right now unfortunately i do think he was genuinely sorry though and i don't know if that's just me being a panthers fan and i'm being a huge fan of cam newton but i really do after watching his apology video seeing his post game interview about it i do think he was genuinely sorry about it and ha- like i hope he's learned a lesson about like you know valuing women in the workplace and you know jordan rodrigue she was there and she She's a beat writer for the Panthers. Like she's supposed to know football. <clears throat> she's supposed. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I think she's not. He's no longer with the Panthers on the Panthers beat anymore. Yike! I think she got. I don't know if it was fired or she left. Was uh, it for the tweets that she sent? It like, it might have been for her tweets. Interesting. That 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 made me that made me pause for a second because here's the thing, people. When you if you you can't defend some what somebody says by saying the person they said it to 
has done bad things too. Two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah, they're both wrong. So Jordan Rodriguez four or five years ago sent some racist tweets. But like her saying that doesn't make what Cam said right, and what Cam said doesn't make what she said right. It's, Correct. It's a thing with intersectionality, I guess. Yeah, and people are going to say maybe make comments they are going to regret, and I do think he he really did regret what he said. And it's it's the thing with being comfortable, and it's always working to being more cognizant of what you say in different kind of situations. And I know people will say that he only released this apology like this because he lost. A sponsor, which would be Dannon, um, which is the Oikos, the mm, yogurt yeah. company, right? <clears throat> yeah. Um, but however, I'm pretty sure there's some stuff circulating out there that he was going to get dropped by that company anyway. Like his, they were they weren't going to re up his contract. I haven't anyway. seen him in the Oikos commercial in a minute. Yeah. So like, they they wanted Dak Prescott, and they actually signed Dak Prescott yeah, today. today. Yeah. So had one black QB, had to find another one. <laughs> <laughs> one black charismatic QB. Yep. You're more than maybe one comment you say, and it's just it's all about self growth and yeah. going forward. Learn from it, move on. I mean, I feel like I mean, I'm not a woman. I can't I can't ever know what it is to be a woman and can I'm like that's kind of stuff that they have to deal sports. with. Especially yeah. women in sports that you know, yeah. I respect the hell out of a lot of the women that work in, in sports and like on ESPN and Fox News and not or in Fox Sports, sorry. <laughs> not Fox <laughs> News. <laughs> but <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but that's another topic. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I respect the hell out of them and you know, they do a really good job. And so to have to put up with crap like that, they shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what he said, I mean, it deserved public scorn. He got he it. He got it. Yeah. He needed to apologize. He did. I think we should just move on. Let's move on. I think she deleted her Twitter account, too. Because I couldn't find her on Twitter. Or maybe she went private, but I couldn't find her. People are mean. <laughs> People are really mean. Anyway. Any well. Any well. <laughs> Let's talk about... It's not, just, it's not just any well. It's the old well. It's the old well. <laughs> Let's talk about UNC's academic scandal. Oh. oh. The gift that keeps on giving. A scandal that so this mean that, means that this episode's going to last about eight years, right? <laughs> yep. Um, so it was recently announced that NCAA sent us our punishment. Um, we actually received it on Friday. We didn't release it probably because we just launched that $4.5 billion fundraising campaign. Um, not the best look to also release your allegations. They were and, like, ixnay on the notice, <laughs> A. <laughs> we um, have a fundraiser, A. <laughs> whether it was a good or bad decision, you don't. You don't want that in people's minds when you yeah, release such a money. huge campaign like we did. Nope. Um, I assume by the time that you all listen to this, um, we will know um, what our sanctions are. Um, I suspect it will be Monday morning, um, the night when we hear what happens there. Um, so first, what do we think the punishment is going to be? I think they're going to try and give us a postseason ban. Um, on basketball, I don't know. I can't talk about any of the other sports because I feel like basketball has been the main men's basketball. Men's, sorry, men's basketball has been the main. Part. I think the women's basketball program is probably going to get hit hard too, honestly, because I feel like they've been kind of prepping for this kind of thing. That's why we had that mass exodus, mass exodus of um, really great women's basketball players out yeah. of Carolina um, a couple years ago, like four transfers. Yeah, and oh, I love those <clears throat> those players, man. Like. Those women were fantastic basketball players. Oh, we were a fringe Final Four team that yeah. year. Yeah. And had they have stayed the extra years, like... I mean, we would have been obliterated by UConn, but the point stands. <laughs> yes. Still would have been fun to watch. <laughs> More travel. 
I hope that football gets a postseason ban this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, well, that's, the, that's the only penalty, is so, that football gets a postseason ban, and we'll, we can live with it. I that. mean, do you really think that football will get hit with stuff, though? Well, football's already been punished. Yeah, that's what I'm time. saying. I'm yeah. pretty sure but, they'll but have double jeopardy. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter what the NCAA does. It, what, what Personally, what I think they're going to do is they have a lot bigger fish to fry with this FBI thing coming up. Mm-hmm. So... You know, they know that no matter what they release, we're going to take it to court. Yep. We've been, our our athletic department, our, um, I don't even know who's in on the uh, decisions on that, but they've been very stubborn. So basically, if the NCAA says, we're not going to give you anything, just walk away, which they're not going to do. They're not going to. Um, we're going to appeal it, and it's going to be taken to court. Although by their own bylaws, they should say that, though. They should just walk yes. away because this is more of an academic scan. This is an academic thing which has already been dealt with because we got out of, with our accreditation, uh, I guess. We were, well, we, we were, we were on, on probation. probation. I believe last year, and yes. we're off probation now. So, yeah. yeah, by definition, the issue is fixed. Yeah. Well, what they're trying to say is that they're trying to make it an improper benefits case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they can't prove it because they can't prove it on the grounds that it was just athletes because it was open to all students. I believe sixty. It was, mo- it was mo- yeah. It was mostly forty. I think it was, it was. It was like I believe I read that the classes were thirty percent Greek. So like it's just as much a problem in that system as it was with the athletes. Yes. Except, obviously, it's not illegal for Greeks. The NCAA should sanction classes. Greek life. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, so what the NCAA is trying to prove is that the athletes had special, like, like, um, what's, like they were directed towards those classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which... Mm, There's more of a case in women's basketball than there is for any Yeah, they sport. actually have some sort of proof of that in women's basketball. They don't really have a strong case. The only guy that could have proved it for men's basketball was Rashad McCants, and he didn't show up for Who? his NCAA interview. <laughs> yeah, who's that? Oh, yeah. You don't remember that guy? Mm-mm. Neither do I. Uh, apparently, he was like on a 2005 national championship team. Never heard of him. Like number 32. He's up in the rafters, I think. What rafters? <laughs> <laughs> is this the uh, ceiling or is this the roof? <laughs> what, Dean Dome? He's, he's taking <laughs> up Kennedy Meek's spot in the rafters. <laughs> <laughs> he's holding it for him. Yeah, so like he didn't show up for his NCAA interview, so like they don't really have much on basketball. Football, they've already punished once for this. I don't know if there's any double jeopardy things in the NCAA bylaws. It wouldn't matter because they wouldn't follow it anyway. <laughs> you know it's true, dude. It's true. <laughs> That's just what I thought. Um, <laughs> I, um, I don't think that they're going to touch either of the banners. I, oh, no, I don't think so either. They they can't it just takes so much to prove yeah. that because it's they, what, they, what they were originally trying to say was with these improper classes, like what would their GPA would have been? Would they have been eligible or ineligible players? But even if they these classes were deemed fraudulent, in which they've, they have now said that they are not fraudulent. because uh, they were easy. Being easy and being fraudulent are two very two different, different arguments. And so you can't speculate according to GPA, because then you have to replace that class with a class they would have taken in its place, and you can't speculate what grade they would have gotten in that class. So, And you would also have to pe- to speculate how that class would have affected their grades in yes. other classes, and it's just the what-if monster. Which is so, way more work than the NCAA, NCAA has to deal with right now, especially with this FBI stuff going on. Yeah. NCAA bylaw 19.8.3 stipulates that any committee on infractions hearing panel decision that survives an appeal is final, binding, and conclusive. Um, which is kind of like a double jeopardy standard. Once they do one, once they do something once, that is it. Final. 
binding and conclusive. So I guess technically that would make make sure that the football team doesn't get any unless there's unless there's like new evidence, like new players. I guess I feel like everything has been out there at this point. Yeah. Like, also, I'd like to say that I have taken one of these paper classes, not the AFAM, but in the history department. My whole class was writing a 25-page research essay. That was all we had to do the class, the entire class. It's a lot harder than you think it is. 25-page paper is not easy. Yeah. <laughs> I got a 93. So at the end of the day, like what when it comes to taking wins, taking banners, it's a matter of eligibility, and it's really hard. To, to prove make, that they were ineligible. Yeah, because there there has to be so much speculation that goes on into that. So I don't think they're going to touch the banners. And I, I mean, I feel like I'm arrogant by saying, but if they give us uh, a ruling to which we're going to appeal, there's very there's a very good chance that we're going to win that appeal in federal court. We would destroy them in court because by definition, this isn't an NCAA issue because it's been determined that these classes were just easy. They weren't fake and the NCAA, from their bylaws, is an organization that can't determine if a class is too easy or not. That's an accreditation issue. And like we talked about before, this is the accreditation issue was already solved. So that it's out of the NCAA's hands. I, I like to think that I held the decision in my hands because on Wednesday at work at the Package Center, I got a package for Roy, uh, like... A moderately thick envelope for Roy Williams, mistakenly delivered to Morrison Package Center. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and awesome. I, I wanted to call him up and say that I could hand deliver it, but my boss said no. The same person who <laughs> wanted to email Larry Fedora today, too. Yes, I want to send a scathing email to Larry Fedora, and Mav says no, and David says no, and I say, what's the worst that happens? Your boss is Joanna, right? Yes, my boss is Joanna. I love Joanna. She's awesome. She's pretty great. Um, anything else on the academic scandal before we move on? Again, I just think if this does end up going to court, which I think there's a 99% chance this will go to court, I feel very confident. And I try and say that I'm trying to say this as a, like from an objective point of view, like not as a Carolina fan. Like I really feel like genuinely feel like this will not hold up for the NCAA. And I feel like if they do overreach, like if they try and overreach now and they're going to be stuck in court, like I don't think they want to deal with that, especially with all of these this upcoming stuff with the NC with the um, improper benefit or the um, like the Adidas stuff, especially with. I think I heard or I saw a tweet somewhere that said that there's going to be more coming. There are going to be more schools. That are yeah, out there's, a, there's an anonymous source that says it could be up to a hundred schools. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and that's a we're opening Pandora's box if yeah. that's true. And the, the the big thing I wanted to say, and we're going to talk about him later on, is Nasir Little, who was our newest basketball crew that we got. Uh, for Carolina basketball, who was actually named, and we will talk about that. But he was interviewed in which he said that he plans to stay committed to Carolina no matter the decision that comes down from the NCAA lake to for UNC's scandal. Uh, because while we can only take this with a grain of sand, Roy Williams has told him in confidence that he feels that they will not be getting the sanctions that have been put out by the media. And if they do, they're going to fight it tooth and nail because the facts aren't there for the NCAA. It's it's just not. And they're a house divided with this FBI thing. It, it's NCAA they, is going to lose. They they get taken, fish to if fry. they get taken to court and the court rules in favor of UNC, it could open up a whole different thing for the NCAA and, you know, make them have to, you know, open up their bylaws and see what else they violated in their bylaws. Because I'm sure if you go back over 50, I don't even know how long the NCAA has been a thing, but over 50 years, um, you know, 
they're going to see that the NCAA hasn't been following their bylaws. And we could see this could be the end of the NCAA. That would be so. I think the moral of the story is don't listen to failing ESPN. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on, only listen to uh, News and Observer, which obviously is uh, everything correct about this case, and we're already guilty. Always, yeah, we're already guilty according to News and Observer. But I'm not going to talk about that because I'm really salty. (laughs) So let's adding you, Dan Dan Kane. Let's revisit a conversation we talked about um, episode one or two about paying players. Um, Aaron, you said that you had some thoughts that you wanted to you wanted to get out. Yeah, so this was largely inspired by what's been happening uh, with this big scandal that broke last week. And I want to preface this by saying that I am all for the concept of paying players, but this is this whole thing has made me think about like what paying players would entail, and if you, I think that. The most logical way to do it, I don't think that universities directly paying players a salary based on their performance is realistic because that's Agreed. Agreed. that's just like anti college sports. And you know, not every not every school can afford to do that. Yeah, legit, like they can't mm-hmm. afford to do that. And so, I think that the most reasonable way of college players getting paid happening would be allowing them to profit off their likeness. But what I, what that led me to think and what I saw a lot of when I was reading about it is that that would just lead to blue blood schools literally buying players, which likely already happens, but it would just make it even worse. And I mean, really the only players that would largely benefit from this are players that are already going to go pro in their sport and are already going to make millions of dollars playing their sport because it's only going to happen in revenue generating sports like football and basketball. And a guy like Stillman white isn't going to get endorsements. It's going to be guys like Justin Jackson and Joel Berry and Kennedy Meeks who are already going to make the NBA. And even if they don't have a long career in the NBA, they're still going to make NBA money. And so I don't really know what the benefit, what the long-term benefit of that would be. I think it's it would just destroy any parody that exists in college sports. So I but, go, yeah, go no no you know you go. Um so I recently had an assignment in one of my classes to write a think piece about whether your student athlete should be paid. Um and I came to a similar but different conclusion. Um I think that the NCAA should shift to what you basically describe as the Olympic model. Um back when before like the 1980s, I believe, um, Olympic athletes were not allowed to be paid. They were required to be amateurs. Um, since then, the, Olymp- the IOC has allowed um, Olympians to make money off of their own image, be able to do sponsorships, be able to do ad spots, um, doing stuff like that. I personally think it's a great idea. Because, um, like, coaches can make money off of they – can, they can be as sponsored as me by many things they want. They can be on T-shirts. They can do all that sort of stuff, you know? <clears throat> I think that you have to strictly reg- – I think that if we're – would you guys be in agreement that maintaining the parity in college sports is important? Oh, it's important. Yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I think that if you yeah. have a – I, I just don't think it's good for the sport if you have UCon- all the blue bloods be like UConn and women's basketball. That's the, You say that, but – in the Premier League, Man City, Man United, the big names have been on top of that forever, and it's still popular. People still watch it. 
How much parity is there actually in the NFL? <clears throat> like, I mean, actually, Jacksonville's at the top of the AFC South. The Jets are three and two. Uh, the L.A. Rams are the best scoring offense in the NFL. That's an anomaly. Yes, <laughs> it's an anomaly. Because they're, they're playing the Seahawks right now. Who's winning? The, I can, the, I can the look Rams that up right are now. Kicking, kicking butt. Let's check that. Early out. on, while Actually, they're checking, yeah, my phone out. I got it. While, while you're fact checking that, I mean, it's just I think that an unregulated system like this it would clearly destroy any parity that exists in college sports. That's true, and and the, I think that. If you want it to work, you would have to strictly regulate it and limit students to making, say, $250,000 or $500,000 or an arbitrary amount a year where they could realistically make that at most big-name schools. Well, the one thing that, that when I was – I've always been a proponent of giving players at least some sort of compensation besides a scholarship because, honestly, they don't have time – to uh, on a student athlete schedule, they're really not getting the type of education that they're being promised. And for me, if you can't if you can't physically pay the players, okay, but you need to find a way to make their lives easier. What I learned is that um, that that really made me angry was that scholarships aren't guaranteed. You don't get four years. It's a it's mm-hmm. renewed. Yeah, year, it's, it's a yearly yeah. thing. And the and if you blow out your knee, and they feel like you know you're never going to recover, they just cut you. And there was there um, was a Oklahoma center. I can't remember what his name is right now, but he was a five star recruit coming out of co- coming out of high school. Blew his knee out the first day of practice, um, his freshman year, and they cut him. And now he's got so many medical bills that he, he couldn't finish college. So, you know, if you're not going to pay the players, they need something like workers' comp. I, I, they, I, I would agree. I think that the a solution that I think would work well is a Northwestern-esque solution where the players unionize and everyone gets, say, four-year guaranteed scholarships and everyone gets X amount of dollars. Obviously, most schools can't afford a substantial amount of pay. A lot of uh, players are already able to make something. I don't know the exact figure, but they're already able to make something to replace the amount that they would make working a job because they don't have the time to work a job, but it's in the single thousands of dollars range. It's like they probably make a little more than I do working my minimum wage job 10 hours a week. I, and I obviously want them to make a, a substantial amount of money because players are putting so many hours into what they do, but most schools don't have the money to do that. Going back to the workers' comp thing, I don't think there's enough money in the system to make workers' comp for every school a thing. Like Bama, Yes. USC, well, yes. I think the uh, NCAA yes. has to share some of that uh, NCAA tournament butter that they get every year. They make like something like ten billion dollars in in four weeks. It's insane how much money they make in that in that four week time. But uh, I honestly do not know the answer to this question. Does that money go back to athletic departments in general, or does it go back to basketball programs? It. I mean, even if it goes to, uh, it, it has to go to athletic departments in general because. Like, again, football and basketball are the only uh, sports that make any revenue. So 
in order to pay for all the other all the other uh, events, you 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 get the money from that. But I feel I just feel like that the NCAA has the money. They just and like these schools have plenty of money. Have you have you looked at what some of these head coaches are making? At, at, not even at like Alabama. Like there's some of these schools like Mark Van- Godfrey is still the highest Mark, paid employee Mark in North Godfrey. Carolina. Mark yeah. Godfrey and like. Amateur, like not amateur, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Mediocre coaches make like a mil and a half, $2 million a year. That's insane. That's insane amount of money. You're saying that there's not enough money to give players at least workers comp to pay for their injuries that they, that they sustained while playing for you. I don't, I don't believe that. To play devil's advocate in that situation though, the coaches make that much money in the pros. And so if you're going to, Start paying college coaches less. Why are they going to keep coaching in college? Because obvi- obvi- obviously there are only so many pro jobs. But why is a coach going to commit long term to coaching at a college when they could make a significantly higher amount of money in the pros if you start paying college coaches less? So yeah. this conversation can go on forever, but we have to. Yeah, but I think on. you're overstating how many jobs are open in the NBA. You have to. Like, I don't think. You, I think the amount of college coaches you think could make the jump to NBA to the NBA is very yeah. Very, also, very small. some college coaches don't do well in the NFL. A la Nick Saban. Anybody? You, you remember his time with the Dolphins? No, nobody does. Coach Cal and uh, the Nets. We got a recruit. We did. Nas Little. Oh, can we talk about the puns that are going to be made? A little black and white. Monsieur <laughs> <laughs> Kobe little, White, on Black, yeah, and Kobe White. A little black and white. So this goes back to what I was saying last week about the Arizona recruits. Mm-hmm. I was wondering for years why all these recruits were going to Arizona of all places. Mm-hmm. And now all of them are decommitting and well, and now we see well nothing's been confirmed yet. Let's let's slow down just a tad. Oh but, my goodness. <laughs> I'm just wondering. But <laughs> <laughs> this is all hypothetical. This is all this hypothetical. Guy thinking cap on over there. No, uh Nasir little uh Committing to Carolina is huge. Uh, that's Roy's first top ten recruit since Justin Jackson. And uh, hey, all those haters out there, uh, who's got the number one recruiting class in twenty eighteen so far? It's the Tar Heels. We yeah. back, really and good. We back, and we back, and we back. Okay, not to speculate about how his game will translate to the pro, not the pros to uh, college, but this man, I watched his highlight tape. He's like six six. He plays six, so he much. He plays like he's six ten. Yeah. He plays like he and he has a, a smooth jump shot and it's just and oh. handles. Oh, I'm so excited! Oh, I cannot wait to see him play at Carolina. He is a pure wing, and that's not a wing that we a, a, a true pure wing. I mean, Justin is a tall two in my opinion, but like a pure wing score since Harrison Barnes. Yeah, I mean, this man is going to dominate. Here at Carolina. Oh, and let's let's not forget that we're uh, that we're one of the finalists, the top two finalists for uh, Simi Sola Shitu, I believe his name is. is his He's name. also a top twenty recruit, and yeah. the other te- the other school is Vanderbilt. Yeah. So I'm liking our chances. Crystal there. Ball has going to Vanderbilt, but like, does this mean that we're all in on one and dones now? 
I've always I was, been I was never on not in on one and dones. I just hated how they were being funneled to the same schools and uh, I just hated not to speculate. <laughs> this is all this is all speculative and hypothetical, but it's kind of interesting how a lot of one and dones end up at the same schools. The last team to win a national championship with a one and done was uh, North Carolina. North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> was us. Yeah, but there's a difference between having one or two one and dones on a team and or and doing what Kentucky and Duke do. Well, I think year. that's where we draw the line. I mean, that's what I. That's what I'm saying. Are are, are we having one or two each year, or are we going to have four to five to six? Well, that that's to be determined because we don't know. Obviously, we don't know where the NCAA is going with us yet. Um, but I think that Roy has finally finally gotten through to some of these five star recruits. That hey, the NCAA really doesn't have a case for UNC, and uh, if you come here. We're, we're not just going to ship you off to the NBA. I mean, we're going to do that, but you're also going to compete for titles here. And you're, you're, you're going to have, we're going to go deep into March Madness. And that's where you get most of your exposure. I feel like as, as a, a college player, like look I mean, at Steph Curry, man, like this man got a lot, not that he was like not getting any attention to Davidson before he was in the NCAA tournament, but when he took that Davidson team into the NCAA tournament, this man was getting, loads of attention should have been in the final four if steph curry takes that final shot against kansas yeah we're playing them we're playing them in the final four yeah in 2008 um yeah, so and there there have been plenty of recruits who have said that if the ncaa scandal for us was not a thing they would have committed to us main case brandon in point ingram. was brandon ingram yeah who brandon in ingram. his commitment uh ceremony said he would have gone to carolina had it not been a case and so I, I think they're starting to realize we, they don't have a case for us anymore. Once they lift up, we're still North Carolina. We are the defending national champions, and we are one of the blue bloods of college basketball. Home and of the goat. We are going to get – they're going to start coming back to North Carolina and and to start to dispel this whole myth that in, that you can't be successful in the NBA if you go to North Carolina. You have to go to Kentucky. You have to go to Duke and those kind of schools. When We've had plenty of successful talent in the NBA right now. Uh, and so uh, once everything ends with the NCAA, I think we're going to start the resurgence. And I don't even know about resurgence because we're already good. But Yeah. We're acting like we didn't just win a national championship, <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> resurgence. But, I mean, I think from a recruiting standpoint. And I think it's already proven that Roy can develop players. I was going to say that after you were talking about shipping them off to the NBA. But, like, Roy develops his players. It is proven. Does, does he makes players wanna, better. Anybody want to look at Kenny Williams or Luke May's freshman stats? Yeah, man. And look at him now. Even Joel Berry. Look at the jump that Joel Berry made between his freshman year and now. Luke May, a most outstanding player of the South Regional Tournament. With Lonzo Ball, De'Aaron Fox, and Malik Monk on all the other teams. Yeah. Not to like... That's my sorry, student. Go ahead, Colby. I mean, I was going to talk... One, I was going to mention one more thing about uh, Nasir Little, um, just to wrap this up. But like, obviously, it's known by now that he's implicated as... I think it's like player 12 in the... In the situation with the NCAA, where 12, 15, one of those multiples of three. Yeah, one of those. And he was um, reportedly, there had been like a bidding war, which went up to an amount of like $150,000 to have him go to either Miami or, um, Arizona. or Arizona. Now, he's vehemently denied that he took him or his family took any money from the NCAA or from, um, any of those schools or any of those um, like shoe companies. Shoe companies. Um, now, how do y'all like? I just wanted to get y'all's reactions on that and like what y'all think about it. And I personally 
no, see, this is like it's hard to make a like a decision on this or make it form an opinion because like I just don't know what went on behind the scenes. But like, I feel like he probably didn't take the one the hundred fifty thousand. I have no idea what goes on behind the scenes of there's a different basketball. Oh, it's, so. it's 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 a horrorscape. It's yeah. terrible. Like like if you if you talk to anybody that was um, you know recruited coming out of high school in any sport really well football and basketball mostly but yeah. still in some sports like women's like, bas- like women's basketball or women's soccer, soccer where they you know there's powerhouses like there's some serious money being thrown away around um have, have you guys ever watched the 30 for 30 pony excess with smu yeah. getting the death yeah. penalty? you mentioned that in another yeah. podcast I mentioned yeah. that last week yeah. eric eric dickerson was given a Trans Am, a legit Trans Am to go to Texas A&M. He took the Trans Am and still went to SMU. <laughs> like, there is yeah. some serious cash that gets thrown around, especially by these big programs. So, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, know. I don't think he took the money. There's a difference between having a bidding war and then taking the actual money. I mean, I, I just, yeah. I think the answer is we don't know. We don't know, but I think he keeps his eligibility for... And that's the real season. horror of things because, again, it's, it's playing devil series. advocate. You have to think of, of these families who potentially, like, we don't know their social economic status and stuff, and then you have these companies coming to you, a kid who's not yet in the pros and who still has to go through college and they have to still take the risks and develop themselves to the point where they can go to the pros, and they're being thrown all this kind of money. It's... It, Tell me a family who would not take that. I wouldn't say no. And who I would, wouldn't say and, no. Uh, <laughs> Hundred grand—that's a lot and, of money. And, and families telling their kids, you, you know, you, that's a lot of money. You, I think you should go to this place. And so that's the real danger of all this: is you know, making these bidding wars for young players. Uh, and that's I, that's in my opinion what's the biggest problem with all this. Let's talk a little NBA. Yeah, moving on from that. Uh, they changed the All-Star game up, and I'm a fan. I like it. So the new um, All-Star format is two captains um, drafting players from the East or the West. Yeah, I'm just waiting for Captain LeBron James to take Dwayne Wade first. I um, want the Banana Boat crew terrible. on one team. Yeah. <laughs> it's the NBA All-Star game we deserve. No, but also it's, thing, it's not like they can pick anybody, though. So it's the situation where... Uh, they have the top ten that are drafted, and then the coaches pick the seven reserves for each team. So it's mm. picking from that pool of people right, that yeah. are finally picked. I didn't know that. Oh, well, That's at least fun. for the starters, <laughs> I can't wait till Kevin Durant's picked last because it's because <laughs> it's Russell Westbrook and LeBron James being the captains. Yikes! That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good idea. They have to do something. I mean, the, the All Star Game itself in the past few years has. Despite the, Even the extremely high fun. scoring totals, there's no defense. It doesn't like it's not going to change anything. Uh, I was gonna, that, I was gonna say like, is this cool? Yes. Do I care? No. <laughs> I, I don't remember the last NBA All Star game I watched last because year was a really because fun game. It, it doesn't matter. I watched the dunk contest. That's it. Well, see, no, I watched the dunk contest. Yeah. I watched the home run derby. That's all I watched from All Star weekend. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I, mean, I, like those, I think they're becoming more entertaining. So I think. The All-Star Game 2 should also step its game up. And so, like I, they mentioned it on first take, I believe, was they were saying they were not mad that they didn't play defense. They were just mad that they were that the players looked more afraid of playing defense because they were going to get yelled at for playing defense. I mean, I don't think that should be the case. It should be showcasing the best talent in the NBA and actually playing against one another, not just having a 
the alley oop show. I just want to see things. a team hit up two hundred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting close. They're getting close. Um you want to talk about Jeremy Lin? Yeah, so David. I thought this was a really interesting thing that happened this week. And so what happened was um Kenyon Martin, a former NBA player, um made a comment about Jeremy Lin's hair, which is now in a kind of a mohawk dread dreadlock kind of No, 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 thing. no. They're dreads. They're just dreads. They're dreads. Okay. Just straight up dreads. <laughs> um and he said, Do I need to remind this boy his last name is Lin? Like, come on, man, let's stop with these people. There's no way possible he would have made it on one of our teams with that bull crap on his head. Come on, man, somebody need to tell him, like, all right, bro, we get it. You want to be black. Um, we get it, but your last name is Lynn, which I found a little aggressive for not being prompted for that kind of thing. Um, and Lynn responded in, like, the most graceful way possible. Like, he was all positivity, but he did throw out there, like, I you know I do this because I appreciate like I hold on actually I'm gonna read it verbatim so I don't get it wrong he said wow okay thanks phone for screwing up on me he said hey man it's all good you don't have to like my hair and definitely entitled to your opinion actually I legit I'm legit grateful for you sharing it to be honest at the end of the day I appreciate that I have dreads and you have Chinese tattoos throwing shots out <laughs> I think it's a sign of respect. <laughs> There you go. Uh, I think it's a sign of respect, and I think as minorities, the more we appreciate each other's cultures, the more we influence mainstream society. Um, thanks for everything you did for the Nets and Hoops. Um, had your poster up on my wall growing up. Like, very genuine response from Jeremy Lin, but he did throw it. I don't even think he threw it in as a shot. I just think he just threw it in just to like, hey, man, like, I got these dreads, but you got these Chinese tattoos that you probably don't even know what they say on your No, arms. that was definitely a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, yes. I think he was like, love, all love, bro, but just so you know. So there's a larger conversation about cultural appropriation to be had here that I personally am not qualified to talk about enough because it's a very complex issue. Nor do we have the time. Nor do we have the time. But there is um, a YouTube video I will, um, I will plug for a bit. Um, it's from the YouTuber Lindsay Ellis. Um, a video about Pocahontas and how cultural appropriation, um, how that works in Pocahontas. So watch that video. I think it was very interesting. But yeah, that's all I want to say. I mean, it's. I thought it was. At first, it was like, oh man, Jeremy Lin clapped back at uh, Kenya Martin, and at you know after after like sitting on it for a little bit, I was like, there's like a really bigger like there's a bigger conversation here, mm. you know? Yeah. So, Aaron, you looking nervous? Minute and a half. I got this. You got it? Yeah. You got it? All right. Ready? Mic off. Go. Okay. So, Indians are up 2 nothing against <laughs> the Yankees right now. The game game three starts in eight minutes. It is 7.30 on Sunday right now. Hopefully, by the time this goes up, we beat the Yankees. Uh, I watched the Indians game on Friday with Paul. That was, like, legitimately one of the best games I've and ever watched. Colby. And Colby. And Colby across a wall. <laughs> <laughs> we were down... Eight to three against one of the best bullpens in baseball, and we came back and won in thirteen, I believe, innings. Thirteen innings. I'd just like to say that I sat with this man for five hours to watch a baseball game. I don't think I've watched that much baseball all season. That's why not a lot of people watch baseball anymore. That game is an anomaly, and it is not an anomaly. Stop it. Baseball is way too long for anyone to care about anymore. David, do you know what percentage of baseball games were shorter than the Patriots Chiefs game from week one? It's okay. 80%. You don't Football have, is too long. You don't, you don't, you don't have to. Hit don't him have. with the fat check. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have facts to back anything, but baseball is too long and it's too boring. Baseball is way too boring to care about for that long, so I'm sorry. 25 seconds. Anyways, Francisco Lindor 
murdered that ball that he hit on the Grand Slam. Matty V's call of that was one of the best calls I've ever heard from a baseball game. And that was, I think, the first call that I've ever heard where the TV guy was better than Tom Hamilton, Matt Vasquez, and I'm pretty sure he passed out after he made that home run call. And the crowd was so loud that he was screaming at the top of his lungs and he was drowned out by the crowd on the live broadcast. Cool. Tribes winning the World Series. Oh, my goodness. All right. And I, I, I just want to say that I've promised that I'm going to watch every Indians game with, with Aaron. So if if he starts to I purpleize on this podcast, I will call him out. You're welcome. <laughs> I want to wish uh, the Colorado Rockies a great season. Rocktober is sadly over. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of Asheville tourist players on that roster, and I want to say congratulations on having a great season uh, and repping the 828. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to a new segment. Very new, first time ever. Um, Colby's Movie Corner. You excited, boy? <laughs> you so got your own corner. I have my own corner. It's going to operate up. Well, this table is a, is a circle. So, I mean, Ooh, is it really? talk about that. <laughs> I got to talk about that. <laughs> I, I have not watched this movie, so I'm going to go ahead and step out. Yeah. Um, Unsubscribe. So somebody give me a, a minute and a half. Ooh. You got it? Uh, yep. Give me a second. Talk about something real fast. Um, I'm talking about, so the movie I'm going to talk about whenever David pulls up this stopwatch is Kingsman, The Secret Service, not The Golden Circle. And go. So I did not have time to go see um, Kingsman, The Golden Circle, because I had not seen Kingsman, The Secret Service. <laughs> so um, while Aaron and Paul were watching um, the baseball game, I was watching Kingsman, The Secret Service. So this movie... First, I'll give my rating out of 10, 8.5 out of 10. I thought it was a really good movie. Agreed. Um, it is a great ed- frame. The editing in this movie is amazing. The action editing is great. There's a little CGI, and you can tell that CGI. Um, but in a lot of action movies, you can it cuts so fast, and the shaking cam is so shaky that you really can't tell what is happening. The action was cut so well, you can always see what's happening. It felt like you were in the middle of the action because you were. Um, and it really made it look like a comic book movie. It looked like I was seeing panels out of a comic book. I thought that was great. Um, Samuel Jackson, amazing villain. Even with, <laughs> even with the lisp. Even yeah. with the lisp. It was great. Um, a very interesting, I'm going to try to keep it spoiler free, spoiler free. Really interesting motivation for his character. Mm, um, yeah. And his like right-hand woman with swords for with foots. With swords for feet. That is amazing. Her foots. <laughs> um, Colin Firth, great. Um, trained six months for the role. Um, the young guy in the movie, I forgot his name, but he was also great. Um, I want to talk about the church scene for a little bit. How much time do I got? Uh, you're at one minute and 20 seconds right now. What okay, the scene. church scene was very interesting. Um, I thought it was very well shot, but it was kind of problematic. It was really evoking the imagery of the Westboro Baptist Church, which if you know what the church scene is, I thought was a little... It was hyper-violent. It was hyper-violent, and I I feel weird about it, but 8.5 out of 10. It was very well shot. Um, one more thing, I love how that movie takes subtle, like, not, like, gives subtle nods to, like, Bond movies and, like, spy movies, and it's very tongue-in-cheek in its approach to, like, how it, like, how it approaches, like, kind of the more whimsical aspects of those movies. Like having yeah. having swords for feet is like, <laughs> come on, dude! But it's it was amazing, it was and I bought movie. into it. The ending is a kind of problematic. Yes, yeah. I have a friend who watched the film, and she believes that the ending is very problematic as well because it gets a whole nother conversation of doing things to free yourself and things. Yeah. It talks of ideas of consent, which were not given. Yeah. So that could also be kind of like another tongue in cheek thing with Bond movies. Yeah, that is also. It is, but 
Taryn Egerton, by the way, is the actor's name. Taryn Egerton. Eggsy. All right. Eggsy. So, on to Twitter questions. We'll only take a couple today because I know Aaron wants to, wants to watch his game. <laughs> this game starts in three minutes. So, let's only take one. Um, we can take multiple. Take multiple? You're good? Yeah, I, have have to... a, I have a tradition of not watching the first inning of playoff games. Okay. Cool. So, your tradition. Um, based on recent Indians games, probably going to go 15. So, <laughs> this, game, this question comes from Annie Rindle at Annie Rindle. Um, if you can learn to play one instrument that you can't already play, what would it be? Preface to this, are we counting can't already play like our brass family instruments off limits to brass players? Like, cause obvi- like I play trumpet and if you hand me a trombone, give me a half hour, like I'm going to be halfway decent. Like I can kind of play clarinet. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. can, should I, can I yeah, say something like trombone family. or can yeah. I, or does it have to be something else? I would break out of that. Family. Yeah, I would, I would okay. give something else. Uh, I mean, I can start if you want. Go. I would play harp. Harp is hard. Harp. Yeah. That is a hard instrument. It is a very hard instrument. It is a beautiful instrument. I don't think I've ever heard a harp and gone, huh, that's not extremely beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that you play on that thing is hey, fantastic. Hey, harpists, do better. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Um, but yeah, I would play the harp because that's fantastic. And it's always, it's just such a nice sound. And I feel like there's so many things I could play on the harp and just like impress people with. I think I'd play Annie's instrument. I'd go tenor sax. Really? I think tenor sax is a cool instrument. I could teach you how to play sax. Do it, please. I, <laughs> I want to do it so bad. I've liked how stringed instruments sound, and I've just never been good at it. I'd really like to either learn... My stringed instrument would be a mandolin. Playing Yo. mandolin. Yes. Yo. He's getting real hipster up in here. <laughs> or mandolin. Uh, playing the bagpipes. Mm. I'm... This is because I'm in my Irish music class right now, and bagpipes are the thing in Ireland and Scotland, the land of my people. And so I think it would be really cool to learn that as well. I think that learning marching percussion would be really cool. I always thought that being in the battery would be cool other than being in a cult, but but marching percussion has always been really cool for me. Uh, my southern roots are about to come out real bad right here, but I've always wanted to learn how to play fiddle. If nothing else, just so when I'm listening to The Devil Goes Down to Georgia, I can do the fiddle part. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally the only reason why I want to learn fiddle is because you can, ask, you can ask my mom, you can ask Audrey Wells, my girlfriend. Shout out, Audrey Wells. You're the best. Uh, whenever that song comes on, I will literally air fiddle. <laughs> yeah, not air guitar. I will air fiddle. Runner up, I would love to learn the banjo. Like, not even ironically. Also, like, a really hard instrument. Also, a very heavy instrument. I actually held one. I held one for the first time. He's like, yeah, make sure, like, tell me this thing isn't not like 10 million pounds. And I held it and I was like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> I'm not a weak person. Like, and that thing was heavy. <laughs> like, uh, cool. All right. Um, this question comes from Adam Shinehouse at a Shinehouse. Um, what's the best burger you've ever had? I'm going to talk about when Adam took me to a restaurant in my own hometown. Um, <laughs> we went to um, Hop's Burger Bar in Greensboro, so to be in Chapel Hill. So good. So good. And, and also one coming to Chapel Hill. One coming to Chapel Hill, I had the poutine fries with like my French onion burger. It was amazing. My all-time favorite is from Swenson's Drive-In. Uh, it's a small restaurant that has about seven locations throughout Cle- the Northeast Ohio area. And it's just the best burger in the world. Like it was actually voted the best burger in the world by business insider in the late nineties. <laughs> and it is really good. And I'm really hungry talking 90s. about it. You would know that dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's got, what does that mean? <laughs> all the Cleveland things. I'm going quasi mainstream with mine. 
Five Guys Burgers and Fries is my favorite. Ooh, I'm, I'm about to get real hipster right here. Um, so while I was down in, uh, in Miami this summer for my internship, um, in Dania Beach, Florida, there is a wonderful little joint called The Burger Stop, and it's spelled B-R-G-R. All right? So you know this place has to be good. So I, got, I walked in, and it's a craft burger place. Um, so they, they had a menu with a load of different burgers that I'd never seen before. So I got, I can't even remember what this burger was called, but let me just lay it out for you. It had a half a pound patty. This thing was huge. And then it had barbecue and a fried pineapple. And it was legitimately the greatest thing I've ever eaten in my life. When I was in Switzerland, I went to a McDonald's. (laughs) 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 What, did it have moolah chocolate? Come on, man. Yo, that stuff took me to Flavortown. That was... (laughs) (laughs) That was one of the best burgers I had ever had in my life. David does not have taste. <laughs> we, it Wait. is time to panic. I am Dominican, Cuban, and Puerto Rican. I got more taste than all you combined. <laughs> I think all the spicy food has annihilated your taste buds. <laughs> uh, uh, obviously, you have not had some good Jewish cooking. Okay. Uh, you're right. I have not. <laughs> uh, but yeah. No, it was a great burger. Because they don't have that processed meat. So that stuff was all natural. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I'm tired, guys. You're making us so uncomfortable up in here. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> next question. I make eye um, contact with you every time I say something like that. Oh, God. From Michael Coe, at Michael Coe 95 Best, period. SpongeBob, period. Episodes, period. Mm, yes. let's, I, get, let's each give one. I have a list pulled up that I, I think I already know which one I'm going to say, but y'all go ahead. I'm also going to pull up a list, but I feel like the go-to for most people is Band Geeks. Can we move away from that one? Because that one's like, I feel like that's I have good. I have like 80, and um, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just pick two. Go for it. Because I can't, I can't pick between them. Uh, the Hash Slinging Slasher. <laughs> Great one. Yeah. And uh, the Fry Cook Games. Yeah. That's an amazing My episode. not Rick. Let's blow out these Shout speakers. out to you, Michael Coe, because we say that all the time, and it's fantastic. My favorite is chocolate with nuts. God dang it. I was going to say that one, but that's okay. I'll such a good episode. Go so quotable. Every episode is so quotable. The hash slinging slasher is up there with mine, but I also like rock bottom. Just the end. <laughs> going with a... a thank you. You're welcome. That's oh, also another one of my favorites is the Krusty Krab training video. The training yeah, video. All right, hoopla! <laughs> Here's mine. <laughs> I just thought What's about that. Hoopla! Um, pizza delivery from season one, the <laughs> where they get caught in the storm. They the used Krusty to ride Krab these. Pizza. They used to ride these babies for miles. <laughs> Okay, I picked pick my favorite episode. Wait, wait, I have one more. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> and then the episode, uh, it's called, it's the Sailor Mouth episode where they <laughs> they have the dolphin noises. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do remember that. <laughs> where they're playing snakes and, la- <laughs> snakes and escalators. <laughs> <laughs> I got escalators. 
I, my favorite. Or no, eels and escalators. That's eels what it was. Eels and escalators. And escalators. That's what it is. Whoopsies. That's what it is. My favorite episode is Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy 3. Um, <laughs> this is the episode where they're trying to teach Man Ray how to be a good person. <laughs> <laughs> this is your wallet. I think that's a solid episode. Also, a sh- uh, quick. <laughs> The one where Schoolium comes to the rest to the Krusty Krab. <laughs> May I take your hat, sir? <laughs> May so I school- take your hat, sir? <laughs> Schoolium returns is the episode name. All right, yeah. Um, how are we doing trivia this week? I don't remember, so I'm going to say bad. I was I was uh, pretty inebriated, so inebriated. That's about how it was. <laughs> on the way out of trivia, we walked by a bake sale, and Paul was going to buy one thing, and he reached into his wallet and only had a five, so he bought five things. I sure <laughs> did. I kept three for myself, and I gave you... Which one of you did I give the cupcake? I got a cupcake. Yeah, I gave you the cupcake. And I got Rice Krispie Treats. And you got Rice Krispie Treats. Um, I think we lost to the Trumpets by a point. That, I think that puzzle happened. round... Was a doozy. That was a doozy. It was the washing machine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Just, they had like washing machine symbols. They had to say what they meant. We, we got a solid zero. Solid <laughs> zero. There were some untasteful names that we're not going to mention on Very this podcast. Very names. Yikes. Um, yeah. This week's trivia question. This week's trivia question. Every Cy Young winner since 2011 but one is in the postseason this year for baseball if you were unsure of the sport. Who is that one person? If you know the answer, you can tweet it at us at NeverMadePod. And if you are the first person to get the correct answer, you will get a shout-out from us on the next episode and a firm handshake from Mav. And I will say that this answer surprised me. Like, it legitimately shocked me. Carla never got her firm handshake. She didn't ask, so... That's on you, buddy. (laughs) That's all on you. All right. Um, Anything else from this past week? Something from the upcoming week that I want to say, because by the time I get it out next week, it'll be gone. But uh, Symphony Band has our first concert next month, a week from Monday, which would be on the 16th at 7.30 p.m. at Memorial Hall. And I have a fair number of trumpet solos. So if you want to see me play trumpet and hopefully not fail at it, then you should come out and watch us. Mm -hmm. I will be there. Two quick things. First, I put out my Twitter poll because I wanted to see what the people think I should be for this Halloween, and I will be a wrestler. I will be a WWE champion for Halloween. Shout out to my little Rachel for suggesting that I should be a Weasley. That has just happened a lot of times since now. And then secondly, tomorrow, the trailer for Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Which I will out. not watch. Not watching it. I will not watch watching. it. I will freak out. I want you to just don't say anything in the watch group. My reaction. Please don't say anything. We have a Star Wars group. Me, you can hint at things. Just don't. don't. Say, just don't, just don't give it away. Anything. I'm just going to mute it. Honestly, no. I, I mean, I want to hear. If, like, we it should was just good. drop math from the group. <laughs> no, 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 that's mean. Oh, I got something for tomorrow for all of you that enjoy the podcast. Um, I will be airing a story about these four lovely gentlemen um, on our on uh, UNC. On the UNC Sports TV show uh, for uh, students, and I will be anchoring that show. It's called Sports Extra with an X. Uh, we broadcast live at five on Facebook Live. Nice. Yeah. So uh, if you guys want to check me out anchoring and also a story on these four lovely gentlemen and how this podcast got started, check it out. You're making me blush. <laughs> 
Um, shout out to Lauren Taylor because she heard us talking crap about her the last time I gave her a shout out because <laughs> we said that she probably hadn't listened to the episode yet and she literally listened when it came out. Yike. <laughs> Sorry, Lauren. Sorry, Lauren. Our bad. All right. Um, before we go into our normal outro, um, I would like to say that on our Twitter right now, if you go look, um, I link to um, one of the places where you can donate um, to help rebuild Puerto Rico um, after Hurricane Maria. Um, they still need our help, y'all. So if you have anything, please, please, please donate. Um, that being said, if you want to find us, you can find us at nevermadevarsity.podian.co. Leave us a rating on iTunes. Uh, I think something that we're going to start doing is reading a rating every week. So um, this is five stars um, soccer from soccer player A. Rach, I think is what it is. Maybe. I'm pretty sure that's Rachel. Rachel oh, <laughs> called um, Shooketh. Um, if I don't hear enough of them in person, I can always rely on Never Made Varsity to enlighten me on sports and things I don't understand. 10 of 10 will change your life. The only reason I wake up on Mondays. Hey, thanks. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. That's a lot for Rachel because oh, she sleeps man. in forever. Your Mondays must be real bad, Rachel. <laughs> uh, so thank you for your five-star ratings. If you want to hear your rating read, um, give us a five stars. That's sweet five stars. That's sweet five stars. Um, anything you liked or didn't like, be sure to let us know via our Twitter at Never made pod. Thank you, Jake, for the theme music. Thank you, Paul, for joining us. No yeah, problem. Thanks, Paul. You were Thank great you, today, Paul. buddy. Love to, love to come back anytime. Oh, Sorry, yeah. Matt Damien. We couldn't fit you into the podcast today. <laughs> Turner, you're up next. Somebody sponsor us, please. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>